It is an awesome morning to be here. Um, man, that sounded pretty good right there. Thank you. Thank you. It's funny how the Lord works. Last week, uh, um, I don't pick the special music, but last week was uh, one of my grandfather's grandmother's favorite hymn with Father Along, and actually the first uh, song I learned playing on the guitar. I think it was the last song I learned how to play on the guitar, too. <laughs> I don't want you thinking I can play the guitar. No. <laughs> and then this uh, Sunday, this song was actually my grandmother, my dad's mom's favorite hymn. So I feel blessed right now. I think we can say amen. And, and, uh, but you're going to get to hear a, a word from the Lord. But sometimes... Uh, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm pretty easy going. We can sing the same three or four hymns every week. I'd be happy. I like hearing different stuff, but I'm not a musical person. I like familiar stuff as well. But man, we've got some talented people here. We've got a piano player that, 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 has, that couldn't make it for, 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 for reasons he couldn't help, and then somebody steps up and plays. Give Lucy a hand. for That's awesome. Just walking in and sitting down and playing. Thank you. Um, man, that's kind of what I want to talk about today is um, the title of the sermon is I did it his way. And, and doing things God's way instead of sometimes we want to do things our own way. You ever like to do things your own way? Do it your own way. I know when Abby was little, when we tried to help her do something, she said, I do it myself. She had her own way of doing things. Uh, many, many, many years ago when I was at first at the University of Tennessee, um, I taught swimming lessons. And I did it early, early in the morning. Uh, the old alumni gym actually had a pool in the basement. And I would teach uh, faculty, uh, mostly faculty members, children, how to swim. Yeah. I'd get up and I'd start. I'd be in the pool by about 7 or 7.30 and these kids would come in and some of them were ready to learn. Some of them just wanted to play. And I was getting paid to teach them. And some of them wanted to do it their own way. Yeah. Uh, back this time, this would have been uh, early, mid early 80s, I guess. And those swimmies came out and got popular. You know, where you put the flotation devices on the upper arms of kid and they keep their arms dry but their head go in. Yeah. That's <laughs> and this one kid was attached to his swimmies. And he wouldn't take them off. It's hard to teach somebody to swim if they got swimmies on their arms. Yeah, it really is. And then especially the other uh, security device he had was his mother who was always there and he would scream and point to his mother and jump out of the water and run. It's hard to teach somebody to swim won't stay in the water. <laughs> to learn how to swim you got to be in the water. And if you're dependent on something besides the instruction and, 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 and the new way uh, or, or excuse me, that, to letting go of your old way of keeping your arms dry. It's hard to learn how to swim. And he would not take those floaties off. 
So one day, again, I'm like, I'm getting paid, and everybody expects me to teach this kid how to swim. So I did two things this one morning that may have cost me my job, but it didn't because he did learn how to swim. But one thing is I didn't let his mom come in. He didn't like that a whole lot. So the next thing I did is I had a uh, safety pin, and his floaties just happened to leak. It's just me and him in the water, man, <laughs> and a kickboard. And he says, he starts screaming, my floaties are busted. I said, surely not. <laughs> I said, well, you need to get on this kickboard. He said, I need to get to the side. I said, yeah, kick. And he laid on this kickboard and kicked all the way to the side. And I said, you don't need those floaties. And then he kicked the rest of the way around the pool. Within a few other sessions, he learned how to swim. But he's like a lot of us. We want to do things our own way. We don't really want to listen to instruction. We don't really want to listen to instruction and, and, and let go of the things that make us feel secure. We're like that in life. We're like that when we're learning something new. And it's hard to learn something new if you just want to depend on what you already know. I'm going to talk about Paul here in just a second and how he was learning his whole life and how he let go and let God shape him into the apostle that he became. Um, we'll start by reading some scripture. I'm going to read from 2 Timothy chapter 4. I'm going to read verses 6 through 8, then I'm going to read verse 18. As for me, I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time for my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. From now on, there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and save me from for excuse me save him save me for his heavenly kingdom to him be the glory forever and ever let us pray heavenly father thank you so much for the scripture lord just thank you for um, for your word lord i just pray that this morning as uh, as we study this lesson lord that uh, your words speak through me, Lord, and the folks here are filled with your Holy Spirit and your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, last week, I actually talked about um, doing the work of an evangelist, about doing the work of an evangelist. And the thing about it is, this scripture I just read um, I've read it a few times. I actually, I've read it at funerals a few times in other places. But it's more than just being at the end of Paul's life. You see, Paul never stopped doing what he was supposed to do. He served the Lord. He served the Lord from his conversion to his death. After his conversion. Paul looked at his life as being an offering to God. Not just his possessions, 
But his whole life, he used as an offering for Christ. When someone dies, you know, or actually, if you go to the cemetery beside us, it's going to have a birth year usually and a death year. Right? If we go out there, it's going to have both. But what I want you to think about this morning is it's really what's in between those two. That dash, and I've heard a message on the dash. But that dash is what we do with our lives that really matters. We all have callings. And again, we talked about being an evangelist last week and how being an evangelist, uh, uh, even if we're not a pastor, called to be a pastor, we're still called to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. And that calling doesn't have an expiration date. Even if you're a pastor and you retire, do you really retire, John? No. As Christians, we may retire from secular jobs, but our work for the Lord continues. It may change a little bit as later on in life, but it continues. But we know that Paul, we know that Paul, before his conversion, had a job that he carried out, and that was to persecute Christians. And then we know that after his conversion, that again, he spent the rest of his life trying to convert people to Christianity, to try to get them to fall in love with his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Again, he was an offering. He was an offering for his Lord. But you see, Paul, when you look at it, once he was converted, he stopped doing things his way. And he submitted he submitted. Paul was a powerful guy. He was a, a Roman citizen. He was high up in the church. And he had a job there. He could have continued doing that job. But once he fell in love with Jesus Christ, once he was met on that road of Damascus, then he submitted. He, he quit doing things his way. He started doing them God's way. He started doing them God's way. And again, this morning, our calling is not a whole lot different than Paul's. Hopefully we won't experience the persecution that, that he did. But our goal, our, our sole purpose is to deliver the good news of Jesus Christ continually. Paul viewed his death as just another way to offer himself as a sacrifice to God. Again, he lived his whole Life since his conversion to be a sacrifice for God, he viewed his death in the same way. He sought to magnify Christ even at the end. When he wrote this letter to Timothy, he was pretty old. He was pretty old, but he was continuing to spread the message. He was continuing to shape people in their walk with Christ. You see, but when you have people of faith, that's what they do, is they continue on. They're not scared of death because, again, death is just another way to offer yourself to Christ. Death is not the end. It's just an exit. It's the start of a new beginning. In 2 
Corinthians 5, 6 through 8, Paul says, So we are always confident, even though we know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we do have confidence, and we would rather be away from the body and home with the Lord. Again, when you're walking in Christ, when you're doing the work of the Lord, and you submit to doing it His way, your aspect on everything changes. Your, your perspective on everything changes. The way you do things, the way you carry yourself changes. What's important to you changes. In that scripture, he says, I fought the good fight. I have fought the good fight. Last week, we talked about sometimes in our Christian life, things are not easy. Do you remember that? That was part of the, one of the points. Is things are not always going to be easy. But through our faith in Jesus Christ, we'll endure, we'll persevere. Because our faith is in Him, not temporary things. Our faith is in, our faith is in uh, eternal things. You see, Paul can look back over his life with some satisfaction. With some satisfaction. Not that he was sinless, but he had found mercy. He had found love. Not that he was perfect, but he was constantly trying to be a better person. He was constantly trying to be a better evangelist. Constantly trying to be a better Christian. He was constantly trying to be more like Jesus Christ every day of his life. From the day he was converted to the day he died. That's what it means to fight the good fight. It's for us to strive for the perfection that's only found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's only found when we submit to doing it his way and trying to live our life for him and to become more like him, to show the same love, the same grace, the same mercy that Jesus has shown to all of us. Again, I told the children this morning that we're all a part of one big family. We're part of God's family. We're part of God's family. And again, when we're part of God's family, he's shown us that love, grace, and mercy that we should be showing everybody else, that forgiveness. Where would we be if Christ had not forgiven us? Think about that for a second. Where would we be this morning? without the love and forgiveness, the mercy, the grace of Jesus Christ. I can't tell you exactly, but the thing I can tell you is that because of him and because we are striving to be more like him every day and because of his love, grace, and mercy, we can keep going. Not because we're supernatural or superhuman or we have super strength. No, it's because Christ does. We keep going, we keep fighting this fight, we keep living, we keep running this race because of Christ's strength, not because of ours. And hopefully at the end we can look back and say, you know what, we fought it well. Man, we fought it well. We've received the mercy of Jesus Christ. We fought the good fight. We're promised eternal life. Again, not because we deserve anything or because of anything we can do to earn it, but because of what Christ has done for us. Paul can look back and say, I finished the race. I finished the race. 
Paul compared the Christian life to running a race in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 26. He says, do you not know that in a race, the runners all compete, but only, the only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you will win it. Athletes exercise self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable one. So I do not run aimlessly, nor do I box as though beating the air. In other words, we're running for a prize. We're running for a prize that Christ has already won for us. But when you're an athlete, you do have to train in a certain way. If you're a runner, you can't eat the things that I eat. If you're a runner, you can't be on my exercise plan, I promise you. Or you'll be running to the table and the refrigerator. So I ran twice yesterday. Yeah. As Christians, to be who God wants us to be, we can't live like everybody else. We can't consume the things of this world if we want to be who Christ wants us to be. We've got to take in the Word of God. Today we're going to have an outreach dinner because this church loves to take care of their community. In order to do that, sometimes we have to sacrifice and train. That's a part of running the race. It's what God's called us to do. We love our community. We love our church. We love our extended family outside of our community. We want to tell them about Jesus Christ so they can experience the same grace and mercy that we experience. You see, Paul could look back over his life with contentment. He'd run the race with certainty. Again, after his conversion, he knew exactly what Jesus wanted him to do. And he didn't quit. He never gave up. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. He was persecuted. And went through several struggles. But he kept going. He kept running the race. You see, we need to look back at our life and just see what kind of race we've run. And then Paul also kept the faith. Paul went, Paul went from having no faith in Christ to persecuting Christians to being one of the most faithful people in the Bible. He kept the faith. All the way to the end, he kept the faith. He says, I've steadfastly maintained the faith of the gospel. I've lived a life of fidelity to my master. Again, his whole life was committed to being who Jesus called him to be. He can look back with happiness. He can look back with satisfaction. He maintained his faithfulness in Christ. Again, we're called to do the same thing. We're called to be faithful Christians. We're called to keep the faith that we accepted when we accepted our relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, when I look at Paul's life, again, the title of the sermon is, I did it his way. But when I look at Paul's life, he did it God's way. He did it his way. He didn't do it Paul's way. He didn't do it Paul's way. After his conversion... In Acts 9, his sole purpose was to run the race for Christ.
no matter the cost. And the reason why he did it was because of a love I can't explain. Because of forgiveness and grace that I can't explain. That's why he kept going. You can say it's because of the glorious hope, the crown of righteousness, a reward. But I don't think that Paul really thought about the reward a whole lot when he was doing the work here on earth. I think he was working on the mission. I think he was working to fulfill the calling that God had placed on his life. That's why he did it God's way. But he did have the hope of a reward, a crown of righteousness that's laid up for all of us who's got faith in Christ. And the Lord, the righteous judge, will give us on that day. You see, not only us, but all Christians. Everybody who puts their faith in Jesus Christ. And again, we've got to continue looking for the reward. We've got to keep asking the Lord to deliver us from evil. There's a whole lot of distractions in this world. There's a lot of people living life their way. There's so many distractions. We've got to keep constantly praying for God to deliver us from evil. Just like we prayed this morning when we prayed that prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. That if we want to see victory, we've got to put our faith in what Jesus has done. We've got to pray for him to keep us away from evil and to withstand evil. And to spread the love of Jesus Christ to everybody we meet. And we do it not for us. We do it for the kingdom of God. See, Paul had confidence in the power of his Lord. For us to be able to do this, we have to have confidence in the power of our Lord. You see, Paul did it God's way. Philippians 4.21 says, To live is Christ, to die is gain. Again, every bit, 100% of his being was placed in his faith in Jesus Christ. I told you last week that when you become a Christian, when we become Christians, that doesn't mean that everything's going to be easy now. There's going to be hard times. There's going to be hard times. There's going to be people who want to persecute us. But we've got to keep the faith. We've got to keep delivering the message of Jesus Christ. We may get tired, but that does not change the calling on our life. We've still got to fight the good fight. We've got to finish this race. We've got to keep the faith. You see, we've got to continue fighting for the Lord. You see... Um, I want to ask a few questions now. Are we fighting the good fight? Is our faith in the Lord? Are we keeping that faith? Are we finishing the race? I can't really answer that. Only, only you can. But I've told you several times, being a Christian is not a noun, it's a verb. When we accept the grace of Jesus Christ, it should light a fire in us. When that Holy Spirit dwells within us, we should want to go and do something. We should want to go tell others about the love and grace of Jesus Christ. We should want to go and serve people 
Because his grace is available to all of us. But we can't do it if we want to do it our own way. We have to do it his way. We have to follow his will. And this morning, if there's anybody here or anybody listening online that don't have that relationship with Christ, that what I'm speaking of, you've never felt that love, that Holy Spirit dwelling in you, that you just want to rush out and tell somebody the good news. Man, I pray that you'll make the decision this morning to come to a loving, grace-filled relationship with Jesus Christ. Yes. I'm telling you, I love you. God loves us more than we can even imagine. And I encourage you to do it his way, to follow God's will. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, for allowing us to be here, Lord. Thank you for your wonderful grace, Lord, the love that you give us that we can't even explain, Lord. I just pray that as we walk this walk, Lord, that we look to you, and everything we do is to become more like you, Lord, and to spread that good news to everybody we meet. In Jesus' name, amen.